Well, good morning. It is good to be together and to sing songs about the faithfulness of our God. That is something I think we could never grow tired of as we come to know Him and realize what He has done for us. I hope you have your Bibles this morning. We'll be in Genesis chapter 12 in just a moment. Go to Genesis chapter 12. We'll be there in just a moment. As I mentioned a minute ago, we are continuing our lessons that take us through the fruit of the Spirit. And we're working on growing in our Christ-likeness by taking on these attributes. And today, both now and at our 11 o'clock service, we'll be talking about patience. Now, I should clarify as we start that there are two types of patience. There is patience towards others, and there's patience towards our circumstances. And Tim will be touching on both of those in his sermon today, but I'll be primarily focusing on patience towards our circumstances through the life of Abraham. And so... We will be looking at patience this morning. And here is part of the reason that we feel we need more patience today. Because patience feels like a lost quality in our world today, doesn't it? With the instant gratification of our world, we don't have to wait for much of anything today. Simple things in our world were very complex in Bible times. And even more recently than that. I don't have to say much for you to buy in on this. This is uh, something I think we regularly observe about our world. Uh, When we travel... We can go across the country in a matter of hours where it would take them weeks, if not months, to travel that same distance. When we're hungry, we can have food ready in a matter of minutes where it would take them a whole day to prepare a meal and have it ready to eat. When we want to talk to friends and family that live across the country, we can do it instantly, where for them it may not have been an option at all. So why do we need patience? Seems like we don't have to wait for anything anymore. We don't have to have patience because everything is so much faster now. Well, you don't have to observe for very long to see we have a world full of impatience even today. Why is that? Why is our world impatient and everything is so fast? Because there is so much that we can't control that requires us to wait. There are circumstances outside of our control. Are you looking for a new job? And it takes a long time for that good fit to come along. Are you waiting on a diagnosis? And it takes a long time and even multiple tests to find out what's wrong. Are you sick and waiting for a long time for that sickness to get better? Are you waiting for the day where you can retire? Are you waiting for a child? What can we do to speed these things up? Sometimes we can speed up. They're not things that we can do is wait. And that is really, look at two people, Abraham and Sarah, who are patient in their circumstances. Abraham and Sarah had to wait. Their patience specifically it says, for when, now the Lord honors, I will curse you. Dishonors you, I will curse, excuse me. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abram went as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he departed Haran. And Abram took Sarai, his wife, and Lot, his brother's son, and all their possessions that they had gathered, and the people that they had acquired in Haran. And they set out to go to the land of Canaan. And when they came to the land of Canaan, Abram passed through the land to the place at Shechem, to the oak of Morah. At that time, the Canaanites were in the land. Then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, To your offspring I will give this land. So he there built an altar, and the Lord, who had appeared to him, on the east of Bethel and pitched his tent, or Bethel on the west, and Ai on the east. And there he built an altar to the Lord and called upon the name of the Lord. And Abram journeyed on, still going to the house, and he shows him. Did you notice the tents of the promises? 
He's, instead of saying, I am giving you these things, he says, I will give you these things. There is waiting ahead of Abraham, and there is nothing that he can do to remove compound in people and grow. If they aren't practicing patience, it gets uglier and uglier as the impatience grows in that person. Start to be a patient person. You can have be a patient person at this point in your life if you're willing to go in faith. So Abraham was willing to be patient. Look at verse 5, and let's see what Abraham did. In verse 5, he went, his wife, he took Lot, he took his possessions and all the people that he had with him. So what Abraham does here is he does not leave himself a contingency plan. Just in case these promises don't work out, I'm going to leave Lot behind to make sure I still have my house when I get back. He doesn't say, Sarah, I'll be going in that way. I have to go see about this land. And when he gets there, what does he, he find? A serpent and Canaanite is there in the land. So here's an opportunity for Abraham to feel nervous, to get impatient, to say, God, I thought you were giving me this land. There are people already living here. It's an act of faith that we Remember, this happens later when the Israelites are coming out of the Exodus and after their wilderness wandering in his lifetime. He has to be patient to see these promises fulfilled just to some degree in his lifetime. And the promises won't be totally fulfilled at all in his lifetime. Faith that they will be fulfilled in his descendants' lifetime. So, what does Abraham do? Facing all of this weight, what does he do in this moment? He builds an altar and worships God. A man faced with a long... Because when we face uncertainty, are we ending up worshiping God more than when we are feeling sure about our futures? Feeling sure about who we are and where we're going? Just ready to worship God because he believes what is coming. So what can we learn from Abraham for ourselves here? Well, we have to go in faith like Abraham. We, we may not be asked to go into the theme of growing in Christ. just because it takes effort and a prolonged effort for us to grow in that, in that image. So we've been called to come out of our home and go to a new place. A place where Christ is who we are. So will we go? And will we continue in going? We're going to see throughout Abraham's life that he had many points where he could have stopped and said, I don't think these promises are happening. I give up. I'm going back to my hometown. I'm done. But Abraham continues in faith despite the difficulty he has. It takes patience for us to grow in Christ because we fail in so many different ways. We know how hard it is to look like Christ every day. We know how difficult that can feel. We have to learn patience with ourselves during that goal as we grow in Christ. And that leads us to our next point. But Abraham did to grow in patience as he endured difficulty. If you read the story of Abraham, and that takes them down to Egypt, where he meets more trouble in Egypt. In chapter 13, they're back up in the land, and Abraham and Lot, there's not enough food for them to share. So they have to split up more trouble in Abraham's family. And Lot chooses to go to Sodom. And now if you're, uh, if you're hearing that, that should set off alarm bells in your head. Sodom means trouble. That is what we are going to see in the following parts of Lot's life. Next chapter, in chapter 14, Lot is taken captive in this great battle. The kings of the north come down to the kings of the south, and they take Lot away. And Abraham has to go and rescue Lot. At what point do you think Abraham is saying, this was supposed to be the promised land? This was supposed to be the beginning of my great nation. Do you see how he might start to struggle 
and his patience towards the promises? Well, God takes the time in chapter 15, which we'll we'll read next, and see how he can reassure Abraham in the promise. Chapter 15, verses 1 through 3. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Fear not, Abram, I am your shield. Your reward shall be great. But Abram said, O Lord God, what will you give me? For I continue childless, and the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus. And Abram said, Behold, you have given me no offspring, and a member of my household will be my heir. Now it's interesting that God starts by saying, Fear not, I am your shield. Kind of shows us that God knows where Abraham's at now, doesn't it? He knows Abraham's in a place of uncertainty, a place where he might feel impatient, a place of fear, and God is there to comfort him. And so God is a God that takes care of him. And this time, when Abraham hears from God, he asks questions. I don't have a child. How will you show me this is going to happen? Did Abraham do something wrong here? Did he make a mistake in this chapter in asking God to clarify his promises and to expand on what he's going to do for him? Let's keep reading. Verse 4. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him, This man shall not be your heir, your very own son shall be your heir. And he brought him outside and said, Look toward heaven and number the stars if you are able to number them. Then he said to him, So shall your offspring be. And Abraham believed the Lord and he counted it to him as righteousness. So what God does is he reassures Abraham and gives him the promise of a great nation yet again. And he shows Abraham the stars as a visual aid, if you will, to say that your descendants will be numbered like the stars, that they won't be able to count. Now, we live in the city, so I feel like we need to stop here and and realize that there are stars in the sky that we can't necessarily see, and other places can see them. So we have this imagery here of something that is uncountable. I tried to do a little bit of of research on, on how many stars can be seen in the darkest parts of the world. And the estimate is about 10,000 stars, which that's, of course, just a tiny fraction of what's actually in the sky and what's in our universe. But I want to ask you, how far do you think you could get counting 10,000 stars in the sky? I think I could get to about 10 and then say, I think I counted that one already. i got to start over. Abraham has an astounding, limitless illustration of what is coming for him. God is using creation as a way to point to his faithfulness to Abraham. And this is all the reassurance that Abraham needed. So, let's go back to our question. Did Abraham mess up here? Well, verse 6 tells us what God thinks about Abraham. He counted his belief as righteousness. It wasn't wrong to have a struggle, to have a question. He responded in faith. So what can we learn about this? Our struggles shouldn't drive us away from the promises of God. We can go through hard things in our lives. We can be in hard times where our circumstances feel overwhelming. And these can make us nervous. And it's not wrong to be impacted by life's hardships. But at the end of the day, we have a choice. Are we going to respond to those hardships with doubt? Or are we going to respond to those hardships with faith? Abraham didn't let the hardships of life keep him from the promises of God. Instead, he responds with patience through faith to God. And so when we have hardships and struggles in our lives today as well, we need to grow in our patience towards our circumstances. Instead of getting frustrated 
and impatient with our circumstances, waiting for something to change, we can learn from Abraham and we can be patient as we believe in God's promises that he has set up for us. But the final thing we'll see about Abraham this morning is that he wasn't perfect in his patience towards God. He had moments where he tried to take things into his own hands. And that's why I chose Abraham for this lesson, is because that makes him relatable to us. We've all been in this next story where we have tried to solve things for ourselves. And so let's overcome impatience. Remember, in chapter 15, God had promised him, your very own son will be your heir. And so Abraham had been promised a future, his own lineage, his own hope, his own children. And so we go on to chapter 16, and there's a problem. At the end of the chapter, it tells us Abraham is 86 years old. He was called by God 11 years ago. And from Abraham's perspective, he feels nowhere closer to having that great nation. And so Sarah starts to get nervous. Remember, Sarah is barren. She can't have children. And so Sarah might feel this desperation of this calling of a great nation even more than Abraham does. And so they start to make a plan. Sarah makes the plan. She plans for Abraham to have a child with her servant, Hagar. But most interestingly is how Sarah talks about it. 16 verse 2. Sarah said to Abraham, Behold, now the Lord has prevented me from bearing children. Go into my servant. It may be that I shall obtain children by her. And Abram listened to the voice of Sarah. She says, the Lord has prevented me from having children. Now, I want to be fair. We don't know Sarah's motive for saying this. She could be blaming God for the trouble she's been going through. She could be um, struggling in her faith right now. We're familiar with that attitude in our world. Thanking God is often the last place people go to when something is going well, and blaming God is often the first place people go to when things are going poorly. God, may that not be so about us. That might be where Sarah is at right now. Or, looking at it from a positive point of view, she might just be simply stating that all life comes from God, and she hadn't been given children yet. Abraham says something similar in chapter 15. Behold, you have given me no offspring. And yet, either way, she's correct in saying God had not given her children yet. And so when she sees this problem and she gives Abraham Hagar, and they have a child through him, through her, then verse 2, Abraham listened to the voice of Sarah, not listening to the promises of God at this point. And of course it goes badly, and Hagar is cast out after Ishmael is born, because the plan that they came up with was not God's plan. Impatience with God's plan leads us into trouble. It leads us into strife. It leads us to despair. Because the rest of this story is this ugly picture of the household of Abraham, where Hagar is cast out, because of course it caused problems. And God has to provide for Hagar and Ishmael, and provide for Hagar in the wilderness. But... See how Abraham responds in this moment. Because we have this shocking transition in chapter 17. So last verse of chapter 16 tells us Abraham is 86 years old. Chapter 17, verse 1, Abraham is 99 years old. The Lord appeared to him again and said to him, I am the Lord God Almighty. Walk before me and be blameless, that I may make my covenant between me and you and may multiply you greatly. 
Then Abram fell on his face, and God said to him, Behold, my covenant is with you, and you shall be the father of a multitude of nations. No longer shall your name be called Abram, but your name shall be Abraham, for I have made you the father of a multitude of nations. I will make you exceedingly fruitful, and I will make you into nations, and kings shall come from you. And I will establish my covenant between me and you and your offspring after you throughout their generations for an everlasting covenant to be God to you and to your offspring after you. And I will give to you and to your offspring after you the land of your sojournings, all the land of Canaan for an everlasting possession, and I will be their God. We have this promise repeated for Abraham yet again. And he's 99 years old. So if you're keeping track, it's now been 24 years since God first appeared to Abram. And he still doesn't have a child of his own, a child through Sarah, the way God has intended it. He still doesn't have the land in the way that he hoped he might in his lifetime. It's been 13 years since Ishmael was born. And God repeats the promises to Abraham again. Are you seeing the need for patience? And Abraham, we didn't get to read at this point, but Abraham laughs at the promise. Now it could be a laugh of joy or a laugh of disbelief. He offers God Ishmael to be the one who receives the promise. He says, you can just take Ishmael. And his offer of Ishmael could be out of doubt, like it's too late. We can't have a child at this point. Or it could be a father realizing that his son is now not getting the promise, and he wants to provide for his son. But we see how Abraham responds in this moment. His reaction to hearing the promise one more time is not, God, I've heard that before. His response is worship. He responds in faith because God gives this covenant of circumcision to Abraham and he responds to that covenant in faith, circumcising his entire household and making sure that everyone is connected to God. So the impatience of Abraham and Sarah, it was there. It was a moment. But it was replaced with faith. So maybe you had an impatient moment in your life or an impatient series of moments. They don't have to continue. They can be replaced with faith. When you are reminded of the promises of God yet again, you can have that covenant relationship with God that God has so graciously offered to us. So for us, if we have moments of impatience, we don't have to keep living that way. We can make a change and we can respond in faith. Now, another year will pass. Chapter 21, we see the end of the, the story of waiting for Isaac's birth. Verse 1 and 2. The Lord visited Sarah as he had said, and the Lord did to Sarah as he had promised. And Sarah conceived and bore Abraham a son in his old age at the time of which God had spoken to him. After 25 years of faithfully following God, Abraham finally gets to see the beginnings of the promise fulfilled. So why can we have patience? Because God's promises are trustworthy. Because we know, regardless of how long we have to wait, God will be there at the end, giving us what He says He gives. We are often impatient because we are looking at our own circumstances and our own limitations. That's what happened to Abraham and Sarah. I'm old. I need to give you Hagar. But if we instead look at the promises of God and His faithfulness and who He is, we'll be able to have patience in His promises in a better way. We can be tempted to look at each other even. That 
they don't have to be as patient as I do. Their hardships aren't as severe as mine are. Well, each of us can try to justify our impatience through our own difficulties. But each of us has to be patient through some shared troubles. We've all suffered through sin and we've all have to face death. But all of us have the same reason that we can be patient. And that is God has made us promises. This is where the writer of Hebrews in chapter 6 where we started ends up going. He says that the writer of Hebrews says that the God doesn't change. He doesn't lie. He never fails. He is there. That's why Abram was able to have patience. That's why Abraham was a man of faith. Because we can trust God and his promises and be patient with him. Because he will certainly bring his promises through. So can we have patience? Yes, we can. Because we can trust God more and more in our lives. We can know who He is, and that helps us to get through any circumstance and any trouble. So we're going to sing a song that will help to encourage us to trust Him. So let's stand and sing together as we can patiently wait for God.